Hello and welcome to the Film Pulse Podcast. This is episode number 182. My name is Adam Patterson. With me today we have Kevin Rickshaw. How are you doing there, Kevin? Doing pretty good. Also joined by Ryan Holes. How are you? Mm-hmm. Got a special guest. Ryan's a special guest this week on the regular show. So what we're going to be doing is going over the results of our summer movie predictions. We're also going to be reviewing the Austrian horror film Goodnight Mommy. Hmm. Of course, we'll also be going over some of watching this week's movie predictions, new on video on demand, and DVD and Blu-ray releases. If you're watching us on the live stream, welcome. I'll try to keep an eye on the chat, so feel free to join in on the conversation. Let's, uh, what do you say we just jump right into these results? So, every summer, we try to predict the highest grossing summer movies. And this is our fourth year of doing it. I gotta say, I've been winning. Pretty much the whole time. I think I won three, three of the four. You won all of them. No, you won one. Oh, did I? Yeah. Yes. You won one, and then I won one, and then I won two more. So we'll we'll see how this year this year goes. Uh, um, shit. Ryan, I I know that one of these years Ryan is gonna, gonna get... he's gonna sweep it. He's gonna get. I don't know about that. He's he's just gonna sweep everything. I have a feeling. Uh, so let's just go down the list. Let's. What we'll do is we'll each read off our number 10s, and then I'll say what the actual number 10 was. We're using Box Office Mojo here to, to list the top 10 movies. And then at the end, we'll tally up the scores and claim a winner. Oh. So, Ryan, what did you have as your number 10 this year? Vacation. Vacation. And, Kevin, what did you have? I had Entourage. Okay, and I had Terminator Genesis. None of those were on the actual top ten, by the way. Thank goodness. I gotta say, this year, when I went back and did my my score, this year was a big surprise. A lot of these I didn't expect to be where they are on this list. It was very, very surprising to me. The actual number ten is Mad Max Fury Road. Oh. Yeah. So, number nine, I actually had Mad Max as my number nine. Jerk. Matt, Magic, Mike, XXL. I had Terminator Genesis. Okay. Terminator Genesis. Number nine was San Andreas. Okay. Wow. All right. Yeah. That's a surprise. Uh, So, number eight, Ryan, what did you have? Spy. Spy. Okay. My Pixels. <laughs> Pixels. And for my number eight, I had Pitch Perfect 2. Oh. Yeah. Should have won higher. Uh, the actual number eight was Straight Out of Compton. Nice. Yeah, that's that's a huge surprise. That was I a like that, it. that was a really big surprise. Number seven, Ryan, what'd you have? Uh Ted Two. Oh shit, I had Ted Two. Two. And I also had Ted Two. So, Holy shit! Straight sevens. <laughs> yeah, which result in <laughs> in zero points because Ted Two had nothing. <laughs> Ted Two was actually number fifteen. Good work, guys. I didn't even see Ted Two. Did you guys see it? No, I didn't see any of the movies that I named so far. <laughs> <laughs> I saw one movie out of the ten. Shut up. 
I saw a number of them. Uh, I didn't. I didn't check to see how many. I saw a lot of them. Number six, Ryan. Wait, what was number seven? Number seven was. Oh, I didn't read off the actual, did I? Ant Man. I got too many things open here. It's it's really confusing to me. <laughs> I'm struggling. All right, number six, Ryan. What'd you have? Ant Man. I had Mad Max. Fury Road. And for number six, I had Mission Impossible Rogue Nation Actual Pitch Perfect 2. Number five. Five. Ryan, what do you have? Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. I have Ant-Man. And my number five was Inside Out. The actual number five, Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. What? Yeah. Alright. Number four, Ryan, what do you have? Inside Out. Okay, and Kevin? I have Pitch Perfect 2. And I had Ant-Man. And the actual number four was Minions. Oh, God. <laughs> Just hearing that fucking title yeah. puts me in the mood. Yeah, yep. Number three, Ryan. Minions. I have Inside Out. And I have Jurassic World, and the actual number three is Inside Out. Nice. Good job, Kevin. Yes, it is. Uh, number twos, Ryan. Jurassic World. Oh, shit, I have Jurassic World. And I also have... Do I also have Jurassic World? No, I have Minions. Ah. Uh, yeah. And the actual number two is Avengers Age of Ultron. Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty hmm. big surprise. Yeah. yeah. And then number one, I think we all had Avengers... And the actual number one was Jurassic World. Unbelievable. Did yeah. you even have Jurassic World on yours? Me? Yeah. Yeah, I had it in number three. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I got five points for that one. So the scoring works like this. Uh, you get ten points if you got it right on. You get seven if it's one off. You get five if it's two off. And you get three if it's anywhere on the list. What? what I thought there was one for like 13. There- there is. You got, if you get if you get number one or number ten, it's thirteen points. Gotcha. Did, Which is odd that you get thirteen points if you get number ten on the nose. That's weird. Yeah, it is kind of weird. It's we're, weird. We're basically just biting the scoring off of time travel reviews. They do a big summer movie poll every year, so we're just uh, s- straight up stealing it from them. Oh, nice. <laughs> At least we're honest about it. Well, I'm telling you who it is. Timetravelreviews.com. Check it out. There's a Go little plug it. for them. Get it. All right. Let's uh, tally up the scores. Ryan, what's your score? 45. Oh, Kev- shit. I got beat. I think I got beat, too, because I have 44. I, oh, I have 37. So there you go. Wow. Ryan wins. Ryan, Ryan did oh. it. My original score that I thought I had going into this was 50. And I, I was still like, man, that's way lower than last year. But that was when I thought that I had 10 points for Mad Max and 10 points for uh, something else. I thought I got something else right on, but I didn't. Look at this. Look at Ryan. Comeback. Don't um, call it a comeback. I have the biggest grin on my face right now. Oh, I can tell. I can hear it in your voice. You sound so happy. Okay, so let's let's just look at this a little bit here. Of my list, two of them were actually not even on on there. Ryan, you had one, two, three, Ooh. four. 
What, four that weren't on the four, actual list? Four of his picks were not on the actual top ten. Same here. Did Ryan add his up right? I think he did because he got uh, Ant-Man right on the month. No, he didn't. Uh, what did he get? I got Mission Impossible. He got Mission Impossible right on the money. And all the other ones were one off. Yeah, uh, yeah, he did. Good. He did it right because I actually added your guys' up ahead of time. So, mm. so I, I got, need. I got whooped up on. Yeah, I got beat. So you guys, Kevin, you said you saw one of the ten. Yeah, I saw one. Mad yeah. Max. Yep. Ryan, how many did you see out of the ten? Jurassic World. And I saw Mad Max, Straight Outta Compton, Ant Man. Mission Impossible, Inside Out, Avengers, and Jurassic World. It's uh, I think it's been a good summer for movies. However, not necessarily these movies. Do you know what I mean? There's been a lot of good movies, but most of them have been kind of in the indie space. Yeah, but the uh, the top ten that you just mentioned there—that's, and I mean, I haven't seen them, but they're definitely—it's a far more interesting mix. I will say this: than usual. I will say this, maybe there are less decent movies, maybe they, but there are a few in there that, that blew me away. Like Mad Max blew me away. Mission Impossible blew me away. So maybe there weren't a lot of movies that came out this summer that I just loved, like volume wise, but there were several that came out that I will remember for years to come. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, especially with Mad Max, that's going to most assuredly end up being my top movie of the year. So, yeah, let me quickly read off the uh, runners up here. I'll read the I'll read from 15 to 10 uh, or from 16 to 11. Let's say we got Spy in in number 11, followed by Trainwreck, Tomorrowland, Terminator Genesis and Ted 2 and then Pixels. So, yeah, Pixels. Uh, yeah. Yes. Pixels, number That's sixteen. It's my jam. I was surprised that Pitch Perfect Two was number six on the list. I, I predicted that at eight. I really didn't think that. I thought that even including that on my list was kind of a long shot. Not me. I knew all about it. Uh, none of these movies broke mm-hmm. a, a billion from the looks of it. Ooh. So yeah, I would say it's a. Uh, decent summer not amazing not horrible i don't know yeah. yeah how do you feel about the summer ryan uh, <laughs> all right i was let down the jurassic world i think everyone was i don't think so considering Just, it uh, freaking killed it killed it at the box office beat out avengers yeah but i don't know if i really heard anyone say good things about that ah i said some good things some though. What <laughs> yeah. was the ratio? What was the ratio of good things? To it wasn't things? horrible. It wasn't horrible. It was like uh, it was like Maze Runner. You know, <laughs> it wasn't horrible. It was serviceable. The Man. Jurassic World just Man. not as good as the Maze Runner. For for me, Jurassic World didn't really fall apart till the end. And when that happens with big movies like this, it's really unfortunate because that tends to be the part you remember. How it yeah. did, how it didn't stick the landing, and up until I'd say the 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 final act, really, uh, Jurassic World was fantastic. It was great. I was loving it, and then 
just everything started going downhill towards the end and I was like, nah, no, nope, mm. not really on board with this anymore. Mm. I still say it wasn't bad by any means. So, all right. Well, that's the summer of 2015. Ryan is the new champion coming this from behind. This is my year at beta up sporting events. Ryan, the Cinderella man holes. Made up content. I feel like we need to bake you a cake or something. Yeah, we gotta get, like, buttons made. Yeah. And then you can pin that button to your Maze Runner vest. Or we need need to have a a trophy. You know, like they do in the league with the Shiva. There you go. And whoever's the champion that year gets to keep the trophy. There you go. Can it be a leather vest? Yes. Yes, it yes. will be a leather vest. <laughs> of course. Either that or a duster. How about a duster? Because we're going into fall, so a duster ah, would make more sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how you cap off the summer. I like that idea. That's a good Just idea. We'll, film pulse dusters. We'll, de- we'll develop this. We'll develop this. All right, Ryan, thank you for coming on the show. We know you have many things to do, so we'll let you go and move on. I have been a two-football player. Right. Get it. <laughs> there you go. All right. Feel free to drop off, Ryan. We're going to go ahead and move on to our review this week. We're talking about Goodnight Mommy. Now, Kevin, you did see this movie, correct? No, I didn't. What the? I'm messing with you. I did. What was that? <laughs> that was Ryan dropping off. Oh, okay. <laughs> that scared you. <laughs> what the fuck? You think somebody was in the, in the room or something? <laughs> Wait a minute. Uh, so, Goodnight Mommy, directed by Severin Fiala and Veronica Franz. This came out in limited release this weekend. It's not on VOD. It's not wide release. So, if it is playing in your city, I would say jump on it now while you can. It stars Lucas Schwartz, Elias Schwartz, and Suzanne West. We'll say. Yeah. I have a synopsis here. Twin boys move to a new home with their mother after she has face-changing cosmetic surgery, but under her bandages is someone the children don't recognize. Is it a new home? That's what I was trying to figure out. I don't out. think it's a new home, because in the even early on in the be, in the beginning of the movie, it seems like they've been there And I thought a while. at one point, wasn't she trying to sell it? Because remember, they go to the computer and they're looking yeah, at that was of- Yeah, that was actually one of the kind of plot points that made them think that that really wasn't her. Yeah. Because they, they thought that it was some imposter. Okay, well, let's, let's try to talk about this as, as lightly as we can as far as spoilers. I'm going to say the spoiler right now. I, I'm kind of pissed because I was totally, totally going to come up with a, a graphic for the people watching on YouTube, like a little spoiler graphic so that people could uh, like mute, like mute the volume. Mm-hmm. And I, to- yeah. I totally ran out of time and forgot about it. So No, it's not you that don't... I ran out of time. It's actually that I forgot. So You just don't even care about the listeners. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe what we'll do is... It's not really... I mean, but is it really that much of a like a spoiler twist type thing? Well, here... Because it's pretty it, obvious, like, early on. It, it It is, but I think that it is still a twist. And I think that... But also, that being said, I think that it... Even if we didn't inadvertently give it away, it doesn't, to me, it doesn't take much away from the film. 
as a whole. No, it's not like that's the the main. Right. So I have a full review, a written review up for this on the site if you want to check it out. So we'll start with you, Kevin. What'd you think of Goodnight Mommy? Oh, this is a uh, this is kind of tough because it's one of those movies that it's like it's really well executed, and I I really don't have that many faults with it. But at the same time, I don't want to watch this kind of thing ever. Please, is it? It is a a tough movie. It's a very unnerving movie. I just I don't. I'm still at that point where I can't understand how people find this entertaining. Or like, this is what I'm doing tonight. Especially the, you know, a lot of the stuff at the end. I'm just like, I'm, I'm done. I don't want any more of this. Yeah. But at it's, the same time, it's a really good movie. I think that it is. It's interesting because I saw this many weeks ago now, and I've so I've had a lot of time to kind of sit with it and let it, let it stew in my brain. And often with what we do, we don't we don't have that luxury, you know, we don't have the the time to be able to really let these movies process before we have to talk about them or write about them. And for this one, I came out of it, out of the the screening that I went to uh, liking it a lot, but it really started growing on me because it is one of those where, you know, I see a lot of movies like this and it's only until maybe a few days or even a week later that I realized this really affected me. You know, it really got under my skin. Yeah. And that's what this movie does. It it gets under your skin and just kind of festers. And it, like, I think that my favorite thing about this is that it doesn't, or at least to me, it didn't seem like it relies on this whole idea of having a twist. No, no, not at all. Not at all. I, I mean, I thought it was pretty obvious. Like there are. Then where you're like, okay, I know yeah. what's going on. And that's exactly what I said in my review. Most most avid horror horror buffs or even just movie buffs will find will pick up on the twist very early on, but because they throw clues at you left and right. Oh, but yeah. to me, I to me it was like even more uh th- that sort of made it better because these these just these little clues are kind of interwoven and I thought that they did it better than some other movies that have similar twists. Yeah, yeah, that most definitely. Because typically, I hate that mm-hmm. twist. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. And I think that that alone that's, probably that's gave. I was, I was, uh, I was pretty trepidatious yeah. from the get go you because know, I was like, oh no. But see, that the thing is, they make you think that you're going to be disappointed because of that twist. But then, then they kind of pull the rug out from underneath and you're like, they're like, nope, that's not what this is about. Fuck you. That. Yeah. And which, which that's what surprised me is that it does really get into, I did like the, um, cause it's more about like the, her existential struggle or whatever you want to call it, where she's trying to, she's essentially trying to, um, prove her existence, but, She's trying to prove it to, at like, how old are they? Nine-year-old? Nine. Nine. So she's trying to prove her existence to her nine-year-olds, mm-hmm. which, you know, you got to try and figure out how do the nine-year-old twins see you. Yeah. That you're able to prove yourself to them. Because Espe- what the nine-year-old twins see is completely different than who she actually is. Especially after returning from traumatic event you know yeah and then you know she had some what she had like a birthmark on her face or whatever 
Right. They could easily prove who she is, but she had to have that removed during the surgery. So her her easy way out is gone. And now you're trying to prove you're essentially arguing with him with nine year olds that you are who you say you are. Which yeah. arguing with nine year olds is terrible. And it doesn't help the fact that for most of it you have a mask on your face. You're bandaged up. You mm-hmm. know, so they couldn't even see her at the beginning. And she wasn't acting to them, she wasn't acting normal because she wasn't. Well, yeah. Because but, well, yeah, and she's not. But you know, nine-year-olds don't understand it. We watching and understand. She just had pretty intensive surgery done. She's going through a divorce. There's other things going on. Yeah, she's not going to be acting herself. Exactly. And plus, we. I mean, kids keeps fucking around with cockroaches. <laughs> yeah. I mean, shit. Your your kid me? your kids are not acting normal. Let's put it that way. Then they're just picking up cats that are finding cats that are rolling around <laughs> on a pile of bones. And these kids are like, shit, let's take this cat home. <laughs> I love what they end up doing with the cat, too. It's really bizarre. Uh, and that's that's kind of the next thing about this movie. It's very unsettling. There's a lot of unsettling imagery, a lot of things, I would say even shocking things that happen. Yeah, so I would it, say, it, Yes, I would say that that's the most accurate description that you can use is either unsettling or unnerving it's not really scary in any in any no it's not it's it's not scary in a traditional sense it's it's more of a a disturbing yes uh, type of horror film yeah there's no jumps well there, there are some jump scares here and there if i remember correctly but they weren't like deliberate they they was just like you know they weren't cheap or anything well i think they've they just kind of work as jump scares because the pacing of it yes. sort of lulls you into it. Yes, and that's that's the other thing I loved about this movie was the pacing. I thought that the pacing was just for me the pacing it took with time. with with the visuals. It was just perfection. I loved I loved the kind of minimalistic look of this movie. Um, oh yeah, I mean it is. It's got that Austrian clinical mm-hmm. clean feel to it. Meticulous framing. Just I, I loved all of that, and I thought that the very slow, methodical pacing was just... It, it was like they just they knew exactly how much information to feed you in order to keep your attention, keep you intrigued, and not bore you. No. And, and just enough to kind of keep you on the edge of your seat, and then they just well, slowly... And it teeters just for a little bit, at least it did with me. It teeters just a little bit where you're thinking like, okay, let's... Let's move this forward, and then it did exactly that, and it moved right. very forward. Right, right when it gets to the edge, right when you're just like at your breaking point, where because, like you said, there, I mean, there's long stretches where there's not a whole lot going on here. I mean, these these kids are trying to uncover this mystery, really, about who this woman is, and for portions of that, they're not really finding too much out. No, and, it's, a, it's more of a movie of like it's like an Austrian version of like. Kid detectives. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're they're looking at pictures. They're exploring the house. They're trying to spy on her using different methods. And and at one point, it's just it it does kind of hit hit a, a wall almost where you're just like right about to tune out. And then once that hits, they just they crank it up, and you're just like, okay, whoa, oh, whoa, whoa. <laughs> you know, it's just yeah. It's, it's like, and this is not what I wanted. <laughs> yeah. It's like you. It's like you wanted it to ramp up. Well, here you fucking go, Kevin. Eat it. <laughs> and I'm just, you know, 
looking away from the screen the entire time. Yeah, and the rest no, of the whole you. rest of the movie, you're looking through your hands, and you're just like, oh no, 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 <laughs> this isn't what I wanted at all. Uh, it's it's great. I I thought that it was just so wonderfully done, and uh, Veronica Franz. I don't I don't know. Uh, you know, she wrote the screenplay for this, but she also did uh, the Paradise trilogy, which obviously has big fan of that one big yeah. fan big fan of those movies yeah this is uh this is something <laughs> yeah this is something there have been a lot of really really solid horror movies that came out this year this has been a really fantastic year for horror movies it's gonna be it's actually usually i struggle to find 10 movies to put on my top 10 at the, end, at the end of the year this this year is gonna be easy yeah year is easy yep Absolutely. So. so, so cockroaches. Yeah, so that's uh, cockroaches definitely play a big part in this movie. They're in it a lot. Who, who lets their kids have cockroaches? And not just a couple, like a not not a handful, tank. like so many that probably a quarter of that fish tank was filled with cockroaches. It's, just, it's a wealth of cockroaches. I mean, and there, no one there, needs that many cockroaches. Yeah, it, it was disgusting, and that there's this. A scene that happens with the cockroaches and the mother. Oh my god, that scene! There's, there's so many scenes. Every, with everybody in the theater was losing it during that scene because you just knew what was going to happen, and it was just so horrifying. Why? You're a terrible mother. I'm sorry. Shouldn't, kids shouldn't be having cockroaches. What the fuck's going on in Austria? Yeah, out of all the pets, why would pets why, why would you choose what that? That, that also. Leads me to believe that they're not in a new home because they there's that one scene where they show them finding another one and adding it to their collection. Yeah, and it just seems like these kids know the house. They know the property that they're on. They know the yeah. land. And yeah, they know where to find cats. You go to the mass grave. Yeah, <laughs> with all the bones and skulls, you get yourself a cat. Uh, wow. Uh, great performances by the two kids, Lucas. Oh, they're- Creepy as shit. And and Ilias Schwartz, first time actors, and yeah. you and you know how I am about child actors, Kevin. I was I was waiting for you to just just rip them apart. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not because they were really good. Yeah, they creeped me out. Yeah, I thought I thought that those the kids were did quite quite a good job, especially con- they, considering they, the type of stuff they have to do in this movie. Well, that, yeah, that's another thing. I mean, they look like they were professionals with those cockroaches. I wonder if they were just their own cockroaches. I don't know, but they didn't have a problem handling them. I sure as hell no, would have. I would. I would. You couldn't get me close. Yeah, the director would be like, oh, you gotta stick your hand in there and pull out some cockroaches and put them in, put them in a mason jar, and I'd be like, nope. Sorry, I retire as an actor. Sorry. Yeah, you're gonna have to get a you're gonna have to get a double stunt double to do that shit. I'm not sticking my hand in that tank. No way. Oh god. I'd be like, fuck that and fuck you. I'm out. And just walk. <laughs> oh god. Yeah. Uh, what's her name? Uh, Suzanne West did a good job too as as the mother? Question mark. Oh, is she? Yeah, I thought she did a. I thought she did a pretty good job as well. A lot of, uh, really, those are the three main characters. The the yeah. three of them 
the entire movie hinges on those three characters, so you really got to stick it. And I thought that they all did a fantastic job. Yeah, there's not really much to. Uh, there's not a lot of negatives to speak of. No, no. The the only thing that had me even concerned was was that twist, and I was just I didn't. I was really worried. I was really worried because because I, I, mm, I really hate that kind of when things go that direction but yeah it worked in this case which is really surprising to me so all right any final thoughts on good night mommy uh it's really unsettling hmm <laughs> yeah not probably not a good date movie no uh-uh. i, I would... made the mistake of watching this and earlier in the day i watched uh come and see like a the world war ii movie uh which was extremely unsettling. So uh, that day was just a fucking nightmare. <laughs> I can't. Fucking, fucking terrible day. Well, I saw I saw The Boy, which is another really heavy, crazy kid movie. And then, like, the next day I saw this one. <laughs> so that was that was a rough week for me as well. But, so I gave Goodnight Mommy an 8 out of 10 on the site. Kevin, what are you giving Goodnight Mommy out of 10? Oh, hmm probably give it oh boy i didn't even think about that yeah see when i was i wrote my review and then i it was time to put in the score which is always the most dreaded part of any review and i i picked a score and i was like let me let me go back and think about any issues i had with this and i was like there were so few i mean this movie i don't we kind of glossed over the visual well no we we talked about it a little bit but Visually, it just was on point for me, so I had to go with the eight. Go with the eight. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the. Uh, I'm gonna go with the eight and a half. Eight and a half. Wow. Yeah. Had to one up me there, didn't you? Damn right I did. Hmm. Good night, mommy. Seek this one out. Yeah. Yes, it is disturbing. Yes, it is unsettling. It's very tense. Uh, it is a movie that will not make you feel good after you see it. However. It is extremely, extremely good. I mean, this, it'll probably land on the top of my horror movie list, but it also will probably land somewhere in my top 10 overall. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. So, seek this one out. I sincerely hope that they push this to more theaters or uh, VOD at some point. I know that this is up for some awards consideration. Radius is putting it out, so the Weinsteins are behind it. Yeah, I think it was isn't it Austria's? Yeah, it's Austria's. I don't know <laughs> if it's if it's their final pick or if I it's, think it's their on their final. <laughs> good luck with that one. Yeah, good luck with that one. <laughs> yeah. I, I appreciate your move, but it's I don't think it's going to work. I yeah, I don't think so either. So Good night, mommy. In limited release right now, absolutely check it out. Before we get into some of what we've been watching, I just wanted to briefly touch on the hardcore trailer that came out today. Now, hardcore. this movie, uh, we don't, we haven't been talking too much about news and trailers and things on the show lately, but I had I just had to mention this because it's. I knew about the movie. I was excited about the movie. I'm familiar with the director. I loved the the Bad Motherfucker video. Mm-hmm. Loved that vi- music video. That's like one of my favorite music videos. I thought it was so well done. 
So the, the trailer for Hardcore came out, and this is the same director that did that music video. Feature-length film done from a first-person point of view. I'm so excited for this. Did you did you watch this? I sent you a text. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What did, sure did. What did you think about this? It's, uh, it's quite impressive. I'm just, the only thing that I'm kind of leery about is, like, how, how well is that going to work for... A feature, like a, f- a feature. You know That's I mean? that is a concern. Uh, it this did this just premiered at TIFF, I think, last night, and everybody that saw it's just raving about it on Twitter. They're saying it's just insane. So hopefully, it works. It works good. The thing that I think you almost have to have a story. There has to be a story. You know, that's that's one of my concerns. Is that is there a story to to back this up? Because well, they... that's, a, that's kind of what I'm thinking, you know, the, the, the little, the intermittent lulls that you're going to have, unless it's just action 24-7. It, but it might you know be. I mean? Like, the intermittent lulls that you're going to have, where you're, you're like trying to push the story forward, like, that from first person point of view is going to be, it's, it's just going to be, it's not going to be good. It's going to be tough. It's, it's going to be tough to, because even during those lulls, it's still going to feel kinetic. It's still going to feel like you're, you know, in in, in an action scene, even if it's, if it's just two people talking because the he- his head's going to be moving around. He's going to be looking at stuff. You know, they're really going to milk the first person thing. Well, that's the thing that also worries me because even watching the trailer, some of those uh, action sequences, there's just, there's so much movement and you can't really see it's, what's going on. Yeah. It looks like it's going to be really chaotic. That one scene, though, there's a scene where a dude gets knocked through a window, I believe, or something on a stairwell, and he's he's sh- getting shot while he's in the air. That scene just looks insane to me. Yeah, there's a number of scenes that look uh, pretty insane. I'm the, I'm really excited about cars, blowing the, up cars. And- yeah, it just but the thing is the thing about it is it just it looks good. Like it looks like it's gonna be choreographed and filmed in a way that just looks awesome and i'm sure because again that music video they did a really good job with it in that music video so yeah i'm really excited about it i think that it it's exactly what we need in an action movie because honestly i feel like the action genre has stagnated over the last couple years aside from the raid yeah and well it seems like you get you know you get the raid and then everything else, action-wise, is just trying to capture that nostalgia feel where everything, you know what I mean? They're trying to, like, redo the 90s or whatever. Right, like the Expendables and stuff. Yeah. And it's just like, okay, can we, can we, something fresh, something new? Well, I think Hardcore is definitely something new. It's the only, it's the first movie to ever be shot in a first-person point now, of view. I'm sure Hard- you're thinking the same thing. Well, the thing that scares me the most with this is the litany of knockoffs <laughs> yeah. that are going to come subsequent. Let me Oh god. Let me correct myself really quickly. I it's the first action movie to be shot in first person. There've been other movies shot in first person like Enter the Void was all first person if I remember correctly. But Yeah, it's uh But um I I do see a lot of movies. Sure, sure. I I see a lot of copycats happening. That's that's uh I mean especially if it's if it's really successful and it 
gains a big following, yeah, we're gonna yeah. see a lot of that. It's gonna be it's gonna be something. But I'm hoping it's be a shit show. The the thing about it though is that shooting a movie like that has to be a hell of a lot harder than shooting a found footage horror movie. True. So I'm hoping that the the technical constraints of that movie will help keep it safe from the Hopefully. copycats. Hopefully. What we'll probably yeah. see is generic action movies that, that use first person but aren't fully first person like that. And I was thinking like where where we're heading towards VR, you know, we're like they're already shooting movies using VR cameras. They're they're talking about Ready Player One, the Spielberg adaptation. They're talking about shooting some of that with VR and making it VR. A movie like yeah. this in VR, I mean it would yeah, probably it'd probably make me throw up, but yeah. Still, that would be insane to see. I would I would really like to see that. So Check out the trailer for Hardcore if you have, and it is uh, it's a restricted trailer, I believe. It's pretty violent. So, all right, let's talk about some of them watching. We'll start off with you, Kevin. Would you would you see this week? Okay, the first one I saw was Nocturnal Uproar from 1979. Uh-oh. Catherine uh oh. This is your. It's kind of a familiar idea. It's a film director working on editing their film and just. You know, just sexual escapades left and right. But it's a little bit different because it's written directed by a woman and the film director is played by a woman in the film. So it's a bit, it get it from a different perspective, which uh far more interesting than what I usually see from this type of narrative. And it's, uh, it's like, uh, I don't want to say this. It's kind of like softcore porn. Like they... Sex is uh, pretty real looking, hmm. which I think is just real sex, honestly. Could be. Probably. I don't know. I can't tell those things. I've seen a few a few of those. Actually, the uh, streaming service, I, ca- I keep meaning to mention this on the show and I keep forgetting, that, that streaming service, Exploitation.tv, is out now. And uh, a lot of those movies that are on that, on that <laughs> I don't know if you looked at their lineup, but a lot of them are X-rated, like, softcore porn type yeah. movies. Or they might even be straight-up porn, I think. <laughs> I think I think some of them are just straight-up porn movies. Well, yeah, like, during the 70s, that was, like, a murky area. You well, know, see, yeah, see, that... Considered real cinema. Yeah, that's the thing. Back then, there, there wasn't that much of a distinction between a film and a porn. You, you, bo- you went to the theater to see them, right? Yeah. So, yeah. And they made money. Yes, they did. But uh, this one is... Uh, so Solange is the, the, the female director, and she's finished her movie, and she's working on editing it. And then at the same time as she sort of surrenders over control of the editing process to her editor, she gets involved with this other director. And uh, she normally you know, does whatever she wants. She's married, but they have an open marriage, all this type of things going on. She sleeps with whoever she wants to sleep with. And she kind of manipulates all these sexual encounters that she has. But this one is different where he doesn't play by her rules and he starts making his own rules and see, she kind of uh, surrenders to him and then she kind of loses, loses herself in a way. And then, you know, kind of gets into, gets into rumination bits about identity and whatnot, all that Mm. good stuff, existential crises, Mm. Mm -hmm. art, get that art. But, uh, 
I, I, it's like a light, light recommend. If you can, if you can search it out, it is on uh, Fandor, and I think it's, but on Fandor, I think it's called Night After Night. Oh, okay. And it's, and it's got a uh, soundtrack from Serge Gainsbourg on there. It's quite, it's quite interesting. Okay. And that's Nocturnal Uproar. Check that bad boy out on Fandor. Well, sexcapade. Get your sexcapades. <laughs> uh, I saw a movie called Brave Men's Blood. This came out, uh, when was that? Two, last, sometime last week, I believe. It's, uh, it's an action, it's kind of a procedural cop, cop thriller. Very realistic procedural. So, any of the shootouts, any of the car chases, they're not really high octane, high energy. They're just, they're very real. Everything feels very real in this movie. This is an Icelandic film, and it's actually a sequel to a film called, uh, oh shit, what's it called? City, City something, City State. So it's a sequel to that. However, I didn't know that going into it, <laughs> that it was a sequel. So, uh, I, it's a separate story, but the characters, some of the characters are the same. So I have a feeling that if I saw City State, some of the characters would have more depth to them. For instance, there's a character, a female officer named Andrea. And in in this film, it's clear that there was some sort of traumatic event that happened to her in the past. We, we learned that she was attacked and that she's kind of getting back on her feet. And she was taking all these kind of personal defense classes and stuff. And she yeah. was regaining her strength after, you know, her this horrible home invasion style attack that I believe happened to her, which I think happened in the first movie because okay. she's the main character in the first movie. In this movie, the main character is a guy who he tries out to be on the secret police or the special police rather, and he, he flunks out. He doesn't make it. But he does end up getting a job as a, a high-ranking officer in internal affairs. And his dad is this kind of hero, retired hero cop. Everybody looks up to his dad. His dad's famous. And he's just trying to make a name for himself. He's trying to get out of his dad's shadow. He's, he's playing everything straight by the book. He's not a dirty cop or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And what happens right away, as soon as he gets his new job in internal affairs, there's a... a, a a bust this this former mob boss gets busted and tells him that the head of narcotics is corrupt and that oh, he's geez. and that he is it working with the new drug boss oh, you got so what happens in the film is basically this guy forms a team which has andrea the the female that was in the first film and this other guy and they kind of form form a secret task force to try to weed out the corrupt uh, narcotics officers and eventually bring them down. It's a solid movie. I was I was thoroughly entertained by it. I think the problem with it and the reason that nobody's talking about it, nobody even, hardly anybody's even seen this movie, it's only 20 people that saw it on Letterboxd, um, is that it's just, it's average. It's, I mean, it's good. Mm-hmm. The yeah. the cinematography is awesome. It looks really good. It's got that kind of uh, shaky. It's like a handheld cam. It's very gritty, almost yeah. uh, you know documentary like. I would compare it to a, da- a David Ayer movie, maybe. Uh, it, so it looks really good, and the characters are interesting and likable. 
And so there's there's like almost nothing wrong with it. But when I was writing a review for it, I was like, what do I say about this movie? You know, it's like the the story is just it's average. There's there's yeah. nothing that makes this movie stand out as well, something you're special. Just, you're just describing what the movie's about. It sounded like forty other movies. Yeah, it's it's not boring. I don't mean to to make it sound like it's a boring film. It's not. When if you see it, you'll enjoy it. It's 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 like good, a, it's but... like a really good piece of toast. <laughs> yeah, like something like that. Yeah, it's still, it's still a piece of toast. Yeah, maybe raisin toast. We'll say it's a it's a decent piece of cinnamon raisin toast. Okay. Because toast, if you is... like your if you like your cinnamons and cinnamons and raisins together. Well, yes, but Eddie, you just turned me off of this movie. I had it. I had a thought of it as toast. Which I was like, oh, I'll give it a shot. Then you said cinnamon raisin, and I'm like, fuck no, get away from me. Ugh, you're one of those gosh. people, one of those non-cinnamon raisin people. Get out of here. Get out of here. There's actually cinnamon raisin people in the world. Yeah, there are, and I happen to be one of them. So there you go. Well, yeah. Uh, your life figured out. At any rate, it's shit right now. Brave men's blood. <laughs> <laughs> solid, solid Icelandic cop thriller. It's like cinnamon raisin toast. <laughs> <laughs> I wish they would put that on the poster. If you want to read big block letters, if you want to read like, uh, <laughs> cinnamon raisin, they should. That should be in my pull quote. <laughs> if you want to read my full review on this movie, you can check it out. It's up on the site right now. All right, I watched White God. Hmm. I'm trying to think of what kind of toast White God would be. Uh, peanut know. butter. Peanut butter. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever it is, it's not a good piece of toast. I, I see. I completely. I read your review on Letterbox, and and this is another one of these situations where I see your point and I agree with it to an extent, but I still thought that this movie was fantastic. Let's get right off the bat. Let's get the good out of the way. All the dog acting in this movie it's is incredible. insane. It's incredible. <laughs> It's ridiculous. There are so many dogs in this movie, and they they used all stray dogs except for the yeah. except for the main the main dogs. Yeah, Hoggins Hoggins unbelievable. I mean, Hoggins the best actor in this entire movie. I don't I can't remember what the real dogs' names were that played Hoggins. But uh, yeah, I don't remember. Holy shit! But everything involving like the humans is garbage. Well, see, that's that's the problem I had, and I, I agree with you, that what happens in the movie is it splits. There's two stories being told concurrently. One is the human story, one is the dog story. When they cut to the human story, you tune it's out like, completely, because it's, 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 it's boring like and dumb. He doesn't even know what he's doing with the human story. Like, <clears throat> first of all, it's like... After a while, she decides, like, oh, I'm going to try and find my dog, you know, like a week and a half later. Like, yeah. you should have jumped on that a little bit earlier. But, and then there's, she's playing in some sort of orchestra, which I don't understand their orchestra, what's going on there, because there's like 47-year-olds in with, she's like 11. And yeah. the orchestra just makes no sense to me. And it seems entirely too strict for like a community orchestra thing going on. Yeah, I'm not sure but what that's all about. Whatever. And her dad is just a ridiculous caricature. And and then they, they all of a sudden, they kind of move towards this. There's this weird relationship that Lily, the main girl, 
has with like this boyfriend and girlfriend that are in the orchestra where they're like going to parties or something. And I don't even know what the hell they were trying to do there outside of, you know, she gets picked up and goes to jail. But I mean, all that is just ridiculously drawn out. I don't understand the point of any of it. And then finally the dogs rise up and you're like, oh, thank God, tear all their throats out, which they pretty much do. And it's amazing. Yeah. Because that, that ending's pretty badass. Yeah, everything everything with the dogs, amazing. Loved it. Everything without the dogs, not bore. Boring. And I just, I wish, and the only thing with the dogs that I didn't like was the, the dog fighting just seemed gratuitous. It's just overly drawn out, I thought. Yeah, that didn't. It's just a bit much for me. I don't need that. Supposedly, this is supposed to be his take on kind of like a... a a genre film this is this is his version of a ridiculous over-the-top genre film yeah which i mean it does like the stuff of the dogs plays like a b-movie uh the the stuff of the humans i i don't know what the hell that's going for i mean it feels like a you know foreign art house bullshit and it's just a weird mix it just doesn't go together i didn't think at least uh, I just, I know, like, the metaphor that he's going for, you know, the allegory, whatever it is, just, it doesn't work. It don't, I don't understand what he's trying to say, and I don't think he does either. I think his voice gets a little muddled in it. Well, yeah, and I, and I think it's especially when it gets to that end, like, everything just goes out the window. Pretty much. Because he just, he wants it to be that, you know, he wants to entertain. Yeah. So, it's a weird movie. It's kind of... Surprising that that played it can. It's a it's definitely an odd movie. It's definitely, but I I thought that it was just a it was, it was such a spectacle to me to to see what they were able to do with these dogs. It's yeah, just, I mean, just the, crazy. The, the the ending alone when the dogs finally get out, the you know the logistics of making that work and filming that. I mean that's that's impressive. No, even how you get. How, then, how you even do that <laughs> like how do you do it <laughs> i don't know how do you get them to would, all run like that i mean they're, they, they these are not trained dogs well honestly it, this is one of those instances where watching the behind the scenes making up i think would be a lot more um interesting to watch instead of the actual film itself yeah it could be like i just need to see how they did the end yeah yeah sounds like you've got a white White guy situation going <laughs> on. Right it's, it's a neighbor dog. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. He sometimes he just randomly barks, but he's it's really loud. Uh, so that's White God. Kevin is, uh, Kevin hates play. it. I like it. It's on Netflix Instant now. I, I've been so. meaning to rewatch it because this was on my top ten of the top ten movies of the year early on and then it started getting pushed down and down and down and down and I don't, I don't know where it's at right now on my list but um yeah I, I wanted to try to reevaluate it's at, at number 18 on my list right now so uh let's see I saw a horror film called The Hallow okay I don't know how much I want to say about this because it doesn't come out until November I think but it's a, it's an Irish horror film directed by Corin Hardy. It's about a family who move into this remote cabin. I guess it's not really a cabin. It's more of just a kind of a farmhouse in in the countryside. And 
the townsfolk are kind of acting a little bit weird towards them. They're, they're saying, you know, stay out of the woods. Don't go in the forest. What are you doing? You should leave. You shouldn't be here. And, of course, the guy's like, he works for, they never say specifically who he works for, but I think it's sort of like a forestry type job uh, where they early on they show him kind of going through the forest and marking trees to be cut down. I don't think that he's uh, like a working for a logging company or anything like that. Um, so I don't think it's uh, like a bad job that he has. I think that he's maybe trying to thin thin forests out or clear out dead trees or something. Mm-hmm. But either way, uh, they have a young child and eventually some weird things start to happen. They think that it's the, the townspeople messing with them, but... Actually, it's the creatures of the forest. So this plays with Irish mythology. So we're talking not leprechauns, but uh, damn it. What are they called? Not banshees either, but just changelings. They There's changelings in it and just creatures, basically. These these creatures. And it kind of plays out like uh, another horror film that I, that I actually really liked. They came out a few years ago called Splinter, which was about this kind of mysterious black ooze that could infect you and it could like grow spines and stuff. And it's actually a lot like how the stuff in this works. He starts seeing this black goo everywhere and it's very spiny. And uh, I actually really like this movie. It's pretty in- it's pretty tense at times. I've been kind of in the mood for a good creature feature. Because uh, I feel like we haven't had a good monster movie in a long time, and this this definitely did it for me. the The people act dumb sometimes. They they make some stupid decisions, but there's some crazy stuff that happens, and a lot of the effects work in this is practical, and it looks really good. And there's some really gross shit that happens in this movie, and it's I had a blast with it. It's it's a really fun movie. Interestingly, my girlfriend just got back from a trip to Ireland the week that I watched this and she went to the leprechaun museum in Dublin, or I don't know if it was in Dublin, but it was somewhere in Ireland. And, uh, she said that a lot of, they took like a tour or whatever. And she said a lot of the creatures that they're talking about in this movie, they talked about there at the museum. So it's a pretty deep kind of a folklore thing. Ooh, I like folklore horrors. Yeah. It's always good stuff. Yeah, I recommend this one. I don't for you I don't I'm not sure. It might be too uh, it might be too um too goofy. Yeah, it's maybe. Maybe a little bit. I think I think you'd probably like it overall yeah. though. It's yeah. it's a fun horror f- film. It's not very deep or anything. Yeah, you don't fucking know me. <laughs> no, I don't. Consider you you're, you're over there watching softcore porn all week. <laughs> Double billing it with white God. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's the Hallow. It is out, I think, in November. Yeah. All right. Uh, I mentioned it earlier. I watched uh, Come and See from 1985. This is kind of kind of seen as like one of the one of the greatest anti-war films. And uh, first off, this fucker is unflinching. Like it shows the horrors of World War Two. And I mean, it shows them. Mm. And wow, it's a rough one to sit through. 
and essentially it's a there's a young boy i think he's about like 13 years old um he's russian and he's digging on the beaches trying to find himself a rifle so he can join the army and fight the nazis and he ends up finding one and he goes off and he, he joins but they ended up not not taking him along and he's asked to stay back at the camp and he kind of gets uh upset about it and he sort of traverses the the countryside and runs into a number of a number of horrors that he gets to see and man it is it is something the camera work in this film is just unbelievable the how they're choreographing the the war scenes and how the camera moves through it and it's so fluid and there's so much movement um it's it's quite impressive and the the sound design is also quite impressive because what happens uh like one of the first things that he sees in the war is he gets he's in the middle of the forest when when the uh airplanes come through and drop a shit ton of bombs and the way they do the bombs is just ridiculous because it, they just blow up the forest and film it and it's insane well and of course this leaves him deaf so then that plays into the sound design for the rest of the movie where everything's kind of distorted and muffled and it's just it's quite an experience it is one of those things where it's a fantastic film and it's an important film and you should see it but at the same time you got to prepare yourself because yeah. it's over two hours long too and it's just huh there's an extended sequence where the the nazis come into uh because it's all about uh um like uh belarus how um i think that at the end it said the nazis burned down like I don't know if it was like 368 villages or something like that. I could be completely off on the number. But they show uh, an extended sequence of the Nazis coming in and burning down an entire village and how they round up everyone and put them in a barn and essentially lock them in and then light it on fire. Yes. And it just plays out. Just plays out. And whew, Jesus Christ. This is a really awesome poster on Letterboxd. Yeah, he... He, uh, main, uh, the main actor goes through, through some shit. Well, I read that, uh, here the one blurb says that most of the shooting was real and that they really, they killed a cow in front of the child actor and he oh. got traumatized by it. Yeah. There's, uh, a lot of the, the guns that they use apparently had live, live ammunition on. And there's a sequence where the kid and another soldier, they steal a cow. And they're running across the countryside with this cow. And uh, what they don't know is that they're kind of in the middle of a firefight that breaks out. And he has he has to, you know, lay down on the ground to cover himself. And there are live rounds that are whizzing past him, which is unbelievable. Because by the look, when I was watching, I didn't know this while I was watching it. To me, it kind of looked fake. Mm-hmm. So to read that afterwards, it's like, okay, so you had a first time non-actor 13 years old lying on the ground and live ammunition whizzing past him overhead you know like four inches from his face that, jesus christ yeah that's crazy that is absolutely crazy that so, is reckless how did you see this i got this on uh i got this on the dvd okay. which i think it might actually be on fandor i'm not sure um yeah uh, this is one that i've I've yeah, had on my list is... forever, but I just can't bring myself to do it. Maybe I'll Same maybe since maybe since you 
you did it this week, I'll do it next week or something. Same here. I mean, this has been on my list for ages, and this is part of my like film viewing resolutions or whatever that I just I forced myself this year. That is like, you know what? You're never going to be in the mood for this. You're never going to be prepared yeah. to watch this kind of thing. That's like when I decided to go for watching Irreversible this year. It's like, let's just do it. Let's get it over with. Yeah. Uh, I saw Listening. This is a newly released science fiction film, Hard Sci-Fi. I'm a big fan of the hard sci-fi. The the, the low the lower budget hard sci-fi. And this was okay. I wasn't blown away by it, but I like the ideas behind it. So the premise is these three grad students at Caltech figure out a way to essentially create a machine that enables telepathy. It allows people to read other people's minds. And with that, there's all these moral implications that are raised. You know, in this day and age where... The NSA is constantly surveying us and everything that we're doing is being recorded and watched and, you know, social media has like our whole lives broadcast for everybody. Uh, one of the few places that is that we're truly free is within our own mind. And what this film kind of tries to attempts to look at is what if something was developed that took that freedom away from us and so after these uh, young young people develop this technology, it's quickly uh, stolen by the CIA, and yeah. and the the two guys. It turns out that one of well, that's kind of a spoiler. Um, basically, they the the three people that developed this end up going to work for the government to develop this thing further and further uh, because it what they want to do is turn it into a weapon. They want to be able to influence thought. They don't want to just read people's thoughts. They want to influence thought so that, you know, you can input a command in a computer and that person does that thing. So essentially mind control. Yeah. Uh, the, so the premise is great. I love, I loved all that. The problem is they rarely touch on the things that I wanted them to with it. The, like I said, the moral implications, they talk about it, but they don't really go deep enough into it. They spend way more time on the relationships between these three people. And there's this sort of love triangle thing that they, again, they, they briefly touch on it, but they never go anywhere with it. So like, why did, why even put it in there to begin with? Uh, A lot of the movie is spent on the relationship between the main guy and his wife, because they're, they're marriage is crumbling because he's spending all of his time working on this project and they're out of money and they're going to get evicted from their house and he's supposed to help his kid with her science project but he's spending all his time doing this thing so there's this kind of rift this chasm that's forming between the two of them and they yeah. spent they spend so much time on this and it's like we don't want to see that you know, we, you you established the characters. The characters were established early on in the movie. We know who they are. Let's stick with the the science stuff. You know, the intrigue. That's what we came here for. And but see, the the thing is that it would be one thing if those if those aspects went somewhere, but they don't. They just they throw everything aside. And by the end, 
you realize that none of that was there was no point to any of that stuff with with his wife and the love triangle and all of that it was just there was needless it was there's no reason for it after you see where things go that being said i was still pretty adequately entertained by it i just man it was like it was such a good idea it was it was like right there you know it was just it was on the cusp of being really awesome but it just never uh n- never fully went there so can't really i do have a full review for this one up on the site so you can read it if you're interested i think that this is available on vod right now so you can check it out that's called listening do you have anything else no i'm done all right i'll just mention one more and that's the visit directed by m night Shyamalan. Shit. Yeah, saw the visit this week. Uh, the reason that I saw it is because it was actually getting quite good reviews on on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, a lot of people were saying that it was it was pretty good. It has yeah. a sixty something on Rotten Tomatoes, so I was like, hey, why not? You know, the trailer looks good. I was I was still a little apprehensive going into it. Yeah. End result, no, no, I was not into it. The, I don't get it. Why? 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 are critics loving this movie it per- completely perplexes me the only thing that i can come up with is that they don't see that many found footage movies because this movie is just like every every other found footage movie there, there's nothing that sets it apart the only thing that sets it apart is that it looks better like as far as technically it looks yeah. better you know the the framing is better just the quality just the quality of the visuals is better than most of those really crappy straight to VOD found footage movies. They don't, he doesn't uh, do too much of the, the picture getting messed up, you know, like the digital tearing and all that crap. He doesn't, he doesn't really do that in this, which is always good, but there's just so many things about it that, that, are the same pitfalls that every bad found footage movie falls for. Like, how can we hear them? You know, they're filming somebody that's standing a hundred feet away and we can hear them talk. We know that they're not mic'd up, you know, where, where's the sound coming from? It's just, it's technical things like that. That just grate on me when I see these movies and I get it. Most people have a, a, a suspension of disbelief where it's just, they don't see any of that stuff and they just, they believe it, you know, they go into it. But for me, I can't separate it. I can't pull myself out of it and just believe that this is a documentary. Yeah. And that's that's how it's set up. So basically the these the two kids are going to spend the week with their grandparents for the first time. They've never met their grandparents before. Oh, and geez. and they're going to spend a week with them and the the girl I think her name is Becca. She's 16, and she decides that she wants to make a documentary. She's a she's a an aspiring filmmaker, so she wants to make a documentary of the whole thing, and that's how they justify the constant filming. She has two cameras that she takes with her, and her and her brother uh, f- film everything. There's more comedy in it than I expected. Uh, it's actually pretty funny at times, and the twist, you know. Everybody, everybody wants to know: Is the twist any good? And I'll say it's actually not bad. It's, it's much more grounded than any of his other movies. And I knew what the twist was. It's easy. It's easy to pick out what the twist is going to be. And even if you know what the twist is, it doesn't change the movie that much. So, 
in that regard, I will say that, yes, it is his best movie since, you know, I don't know, Signs. So probably for the last 10 years. Yeah. So it's it's not horrible, but it is a found footage horror film. It's, it you know, ch- it checks off all the boxes. It, it, is, it, it is very tense at times, although I will say most of the scares, most of the big scares you see in the trailer, which is unfortunate, but the thing about that is uh the the trailer really doesn't capture the atmosphere that this movie gives the the very very creepy atmosphere that that looms throughout this this house that they're staying in and you know, as far as the horror aspects i'd say it's pretty effective hmm. but i still can't recommend it especially if you already have seen a lot of found footage movies because yeah. it's just there's really nothing here that elevates it above any of the other ones. In fact, I could probably give you 10 or 15 found footage movies that are better than this one. Gotcha. So, that's The Visit. It sounds slightly interesting that I might check out. Might check that out down the road. You'll, you'll, you'll spot the twist early, but it's a pretty good twist. I mean, it's it's pretty creepy. It's it's good. I, they were. I'll tell you one thing, and this is not a spoiler. I'm just going to tell you all what it is not. And because at one point, I was like, oh, shit, he's going to go f- really crazy. Now, you know what? I'm not even going to say it. But it, it's not what you, at one point, you think that it might be something that's really crazy, like really out there. And, yeah. it, and it's not that. He he, he reigns it back in a bit. <laughs> so. Gotcha. So they're all dead. Nope, nope. It's nothing. Uh. It's nothing crazy like that. It's It's all, that would probably even be a spoiler. I was going to say it's. No, I'm not even going to say anything else. Shut your face and move on. You flip right. I I am. All right, let's go ahead. You want to so badly. I know. I, I want to talk about it. I want to talk about it, but whatever. Let's move on talk about some predictions. Last week, the visit, I said 32. You said 10. Actual 62. Look at that. Yeah. And we also had the perfect guy. I said 24. You said 26. Actual 25. Isn't that the one? That's the one that won this weekend, isn't it? I don't know. Probably. Yeah. I know that's that the number one film. I know that the visit did horribly. Yeah. I, I know that it was his third lowest opening weekend. Um, It'll be interesting though to see what it does this weekend coming up. Yeah. Once people start talking about it a little bit. Yeah. It's definitely one of those one of those movies. I don't know it's though. A, it's a creeper. I don't. Maybe. Well, we'll see. I don't know. Well, th- there's some there's some heavy competition this week though, so I, I think uh, it's I think it's gonna fall. I think it's gonna be done. Yeah, I have no idea what's coming out this week. Well, let's let's talk about it. Please tell me. Black Mass. That's the 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 Whitey Bulger one with uh, Johnny Depp. Okay. I'm interested. Sure. What are you thinking on this one? I'm thinking 48. I think it's gonna be uh, a lot better than that. I think that it's. I'll say 62 on that one. Okay. I'm actually eh, somewhat interested in it. We also have the Maze Runner, the Scorch Trials. Oh, those Scorch Trials. Or I think they're they the might have. I think they might have dropped the, the. I think they might have dropped the the in this oh, one. So I, I, I think it's no. I think it's just called Maze Runner, the Scorch Trials. I don't know. Uh, you can only have one the. Yeah, because it sounds weird. It sounds a little redundant when you say The Maze Runner, The Scorch Trials. I would have just called it Scorch Trials. <laughs> mm. 
All right. Uh, I'll say, well, the first one got a 60-something, so I'm going to say, yeah, you know what? I'm going to say 62 on that one also. Oh, shit. I'm going to say uh, 58. It's interesting. That was my first. That was like my gut. My gut said 58, but I was like, nah, I think it's going to be a well, little I more. Stuck with, I stuck with my gut. Nice. Good job. Everest. Everest. I'm not excited for this one. I'm just not. I like. I usually like these types of movies too, and and I'm just for th- for this one. I, it just looks doesn't look different enough to me. Yeah. From the other mountain climbing disaster type movies. I mean, they're touting it as an IMAX style movie, so maybe the trick is to go see it at the IMAX and it'll be really impressive. But I'm not <laughs> probably not going to pay for that. Uh, what are you thinking on this one? I'm thinking like a 60. 60? Okay. I'm going to say... Uh, I'm going to say 64 on that one. Yeah. And finally we have Sicario. Ooh. Have you been watching Narcos on Netflix? No, I have not. You should check that out. Whoa. Should I? Talk about some horrific imagery. The way that they do that show is they they almost present it like a documentary. It's it's very it's definitely a docudrama. It's they even have little disclaimers at the beginning of the show saying that everything is like as as true to life and accurate as possible and everything is based on real accounts and all of this stuff. And in the show when they show uh like news clips and newspaper clippings and photos that's all real it's all real stuff so like whenever they show it's about pablo escobar for those of you that aren't familiar uh it's whenever so whenever they show like for instance when he the first time he got arrested when they would show his picture it'd be the actual photo it wouldn't be you know what i mean it wouldn't be the actor playing him it was like the actual one well i mean sicario's got me excited because one of the plot keywords is flip flops. The shoes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Flip flops. The shoes. I am really excited about Sicario. I'm actually gonna. I, I want to know how flip flops, the shoes, play a part in Sicario. Um, I'll tell you. I'm actually gonna see this on Wednesday. I'm going to an early screening. Uh, let's see. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say seventy-eight. Ooh, I'm gonna say 64. I'm a pretty big Villanovu fan, so yeah. I just I did this one just I don't know doesn't look that special. I think it looks pretty good. In limited release next week we have Cooties, Captive, Pawn Sacrifice, Hellions. I'm actually excited about Hellions. Some kind of hate. It's another horror movie. Uh, next week on Video on Demand we have Uncle John, Cooties. I, I am going to rewatch Cooties. We might actually... Are you interested in reviewing that on the show? Sure. We might review that on the show because I heard that they changed the ending. It's a completely different ending than when what? it originally screened at Sundance. So... Can you do that? You can't do that. Apparently they reshot it and everything. So what? I'll be... Yeah, I'm, I'm very curious to see how it's different. Uh, I also have Some Kind of Hate, Eden, and Hellions. Maybe we'll also review Hellions. We'll we'll talk about it later. Next week on Blu-ray, got a number of good ones next week. We got Furious 7, Cinderella. I mean, I'm not saying that those are good, but those are the first two that I'm seeing. 
The Legacy is coming out from 1978. Uh, Love and Mercy, that's that Beach Boys, Beach Boys one with John Cusack. Mm-hmm. Which heard good things about. I Yeah, you know, I just wasn't too interested in that one. That's one of those that when it comes on Netflix instant and I, you know, have nothing to do one Saturday night and I got myself a bottle of whiskey, hmm. I'll, I'll pop it on. I think it's heavily about mental illness. A lot of it's about mental illness, and I'm just like, yeah. Correct. Correct. Uh, Disney's Monkey Kingdom. We'll have a Blu-ray review of that one up on the site. Let's see. Arrow is releasing The Beast and Immoral Tales from 74 and 75. Nice. Spaced Invaders from 1990 is getting a Blu-ray release. Remember Spaced Invaders? What the Remember that thing? I might have to rewatch that. I don't think I remember that. It's ridiculous. It's a ridiculous kids movie. Uh, let's see. The Jinx. A whole bunch of the Bond films are getting re-released. I wish they'd stop doing that. I wish they'd stop re-releasing all of the Bond movies every time a new one comes comes out. Yeah. Please stop. Yeah, it's a little ridiculous. Uh, Empire. I don't know why I mentioned that. It's a TV show. <laughs> we don't even know what movies are anymore. Reality. They're, well, there's so many TV shows that are interspersed. Yes, you can't pick them all out. There's like 50 different NCISs coming out. <laughs> Lord. Uh, that's that's pretty much it. Oh, we have one criterion. That's Kieslowski's Blind Chance from 1981, which... Uh... Not sure if I saw this. 81? 81. Hmm. 1981. I've seen a boatload of Keys but I don't know if I've. I can't remember if I if I saw Blind Chance. I'm gonna say no, I haven't. Hmm. So I can't suggest it to you one way or the other. Okay. You're just gonna have to figure it out on your own. Hmm. I probably won't. I'm, a, I'm of no help as usual. Also, this says 87 on my list, but. Ah, fuck your list. And on IMDb, I just double-checked. Well, on Criterion, it says 1981. They're the ones putting out the film, so... I'm going to go with Criterion. There's so many conflicting things here. It's it's more than likely one of those things that it was probably... The original release release was 1981, probably played a film festival, but it probably didn't come out in America until 1987 when someone probably finally brought it over. Yeah. Because I think this was before the Decalogue and the Three Colors trilogy. So it was probably piggybacking off the success of those that, you know, his early stuff got re-released and finally made it over. Hmm. That's my guess. That's my guess. That's all conjecture. I might actually be checking out Immoral Tales just because it has a pretty awesome Blu-ray cover from Arrow. I don't know if you saw it, but uh, it says here, it presents... A veritable cavalcade of depravity, cosmic fellatio, which I want to oh. see it just for that. Transcendental masturbation, blood-drenched lesbianism, and popal incest. Oh, is this? Can't find it on IMDb, but I think I know what movie you're talking about. I can't. F- I feel like I saw this. I actually saw this on. Uh, this might be on that exploitation. Dot TV streaming service. Yes. From, yeah, yeah, yeah. From Waller or Valorant. Borowski. 
Yeah, maybe, maybe I'll check it out just for fun. Yeah, he, man, he apparently does some crazy shit. <laughs> I guess we'll see. All right, well, I think that that is going to do it for this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. You can send us your questions to podcastfilmpulse.net. Follow us on Twitter at FilmPulseNet and at FilmPulseKevin. And take a look at our Patreon page, patreon.com slash FilmPulse. And consider subscribing. Help keep the show up and running. For FilmPulse.net, my name's Adam Patterson. This is Kevin Rakestraw. We'll see you on Thursday for Ryan Watches a Movie. That's the best part to stumble, though. Yeah, kind of. Oh, well. Whatever. Oh, well.